This year in the Golf 2020 U.S. Open preview from Wingfoot Golf Club with Real Golf Radio's Bob Casper is brought to you by Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, and Siegfried and Jensen. Bob, good morning. How you doing? Good. 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 U.S. Open championship. U.S. Open in September, and it's it's like the second turn of the new season. It doesn't have to do with the old season. Does any of that matter? Or is it just the U.S. No, Open? Who no, cares? It's, it's Wingfoot, it's, baby. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. It's it's uh, the second major championship of the year, uh, of the calendar year. It's the U.S. Open. Uh, we've had the PGA, and we'll have the Masters in November. And um, e- even though it's in September, it's okay. We have a U.S. Open. So I'm watching a golf channel, and obviously they're previewing it, doing all that type of stuff that they do, and they literally show the course, and you get you got the fairway, you got the first cut, and then you got the second cut, and that second cut looked like my lawn when I haven't mowed it for three weeks. <laughs> it's deep. <laughs> it's really deep. A lot of the a lot of the players are are saying that uh, you know it's wedge out. Uh, this is going to be an interesting. Because the U.S. Open has kind of lost its identity over the last little bit with Aaron Hills and and some of the other ones. It's made it a little, almost a little bit easier. Um, but now you've got it back to kind of where its roots are with narrow fairways, deep rough, uh, hard, firm, fast greens, hard, firm, fast fairways as well, um, where you, it's a premium to hit the ball in the fairway. It's a premium to drive it. Uh, well off the tee, it's a premium to to putt extremely well, um, and um, it's a premium that when you miss greens, that that you can get it up and down, or um, you, your short short game of putting is going to be huge this week as well. Okay, I don't know how well PK fertilizes his lawn, but my lawn couldn't grow that much in three weeks, no matter what I did to it. There's actually a thing that I've retweeted from golf.com, put a can of the Arnold Palmer beverage, and it's, it looks like it's, the can looks like it's eight or nine inches tall, and you right. can barely see the top of it. Right. Now, I know that the U.S. Open, they're going to have spotters out there to find a ball, but if it were just the average foursome plane, they wouldn't even find the ball in that thing. You wouldn't have any idea where it was. How big a penalty is this going to be when someone's ball is? I mean, are you going to be able to reach the green? Are you going to be able to control it coming out of this? I mean, just finding it's going to be hard, let alone hitting it and knowing where it's going. Well, there will be some people um, that that are kind of spotters, uh, as far as volunteers are concerned, to um, to make sure that that they're able to see, you know, tee shots and that kind of thing. Bryson DeChambeau um, has said. Most, you know, most of the players are trying to figure out how to get the ball in the fairway, and Bryson DeChambeau doesn't care. He wants to hit it as hard as he can, and uh, down there, and um, and hit, you know, wedges and and nine irons and stuff like that out of the rough, and try to get it on the green that way. I think Bryson DeChambeau is going to have an extremely long week with that type of thinking, but um, but yeah, you know, it's uh, I, I know that. Uh, uh, on Twitter this week, there was a picture of one of the pieces of grass that they pulled from uh, the rough on one of the holes, and it was a good eight eight to twelve inches long. Um, 
So the grass is going to lay over. It's going to be thick. It's going to be tough. Um, they're topping it a little bit uh, the last couple of days, but they'll let it grow the rest of the week, and uh, and it's going to be an extremely tough test if you if you hit the ball in the rough. So how do you think this is going to affect club selection? Well, it depends on what you're talking about. If, if you're talking about off the tee, um, you know, guys are going to have to figure out how to get the ball in the fairway with drivers. There's some there's some holes that you you definitely have to hit driver. But if the golf course plays fast, you're going to see a lot of three woods, five woods. Dustin Johnson put in a driving iron, a two iron into his bag this week, took out a seven wood that he normally plays with um, because he hits the ball left to right off the tee. And there's, there's as many right-to-left holes, um, holes that, that uh, kind of dogleg right-to-left as there are holes to dogleg left-to-right on this golf course. So he took the driving iron out to be able to hit it um, uh, or shape it a little bit more right-to-left and, and then be able to, uh, to attack the golf course that way. But, but club selection off the tee is going to be huge, no doubt. Why is Wingfoot? Why do when people say Wingfoot, they just say it with a certain tone in their voice? I mean, the U.S. Open only goes to elite golf courses, but there still seems to be something. What does Wingfoot have that makes it so special? Um, I think it's the design. Um, the, the original designer uh, A W uh, Tillinghast um, was a phenomenal designer of golf courses, um, and there's a bunch of them in the in the the Northeast that he has designed, but, uh, but, but, um, I, I think the other reason, uh, uh, is because it's a golf course that, um, was brought together by golfers. Um, the, the, um, head professionals at the golf course, Claude Harmon, um, is a master's champion. Um, and he won the masters when he was, um, when he was one of the one of the head pros there, um, you know the, it's it is a golf club, um, and and it is a phenomenal design, and it is known for being extremely difficult, um, but very fair as far as a golf course is concerned. I, I know when my dad won, when my dad went there in 1959 to play that golf course. Um, he got on the golf course and he said, "You know what? In his mind, he said, if I'm ever going to win a U.S. Open, this is going to this is going to be where where I get where I win." And he went on to win that week by a shot in 1959. Um, so it, it's it's a golf course that requires a lot of um, strategy. It's a golf course that requires uh, a great shot maker, a great putter, um, and. Uh, and everybody knows, just like you hear Shinnecock, you hear um, Oakmont, uh, those, these golf courses, Wingfoot, Shinnecock, Oakmont, they're kind of the granddaddies of, of U.S. Open golf, and, uh, and they're known as being the toughest, toughest and fairest best in the game. Hmm. All right, it's time for the draft. You ready, Bob? Oh, I am ready. Yes, I am. <laughs> I believe tradition dictates that you get to go first. Really? Well, you're the guest. Okay. So I think that's I think that's the way it works. Okay. So I'm not going to pick the obvious favorite. 
But um, I am going to I'm, I'm going to go with Justin Thomas to begin with. He's won three times this year. He won a WGC event uh, just you know three or four weeks ago. Uh, finished second last week at the Tour Championship, and I think this golf course sets up extremely well for him. Well, I'll take John Rahm. Was that your obvious pick that you passed on? No. Oh, okay. Well, then no. I just left the obvious pick out there for PK. Yep, and I think he'll take it. I'll go with Brooks Kepka. Oh, he's not playing. Sorry. I know. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously, it's Dustin Johnson. Of course it is. That's yeah. the obvious pick. Right. So, yeah. Go get him, PK. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Yeah. Okay. All right, back to you, Bob, round two. Back to me, round two. I'm going to take one. Here's, here's my out-of-the-blue one again. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Xander Shoffley. Oh, you're killing me. Why is that so out-of-the-blue? I don't know. Is that who you were going to yes, take? Yes, it was absolutely. <laughs> Wait, I am so hold on sorry. one second. Yuck, look at this list. <laughs> look at this list. Who's number two, Yach? <laughs> he had Zonda Sheffield as right. his number two pick. Man. He yes, spelt he it right. He spelt the last name right. Yeah, Zander Shoffley is San Diego boy, man. And, uh, you know, he's played the U.S. Open three times, Zander Shoffley. He has a third-place finish, a fifth-place finish, and a sixth-place finish. So he hasn't finished worse than sixth. And um, he just, he, I think he likes U.S. Open venues. So that's what I'm taking. All right, Adam Scott. Okay. No, you didn't like that pick at all, did you? No, 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 no. You didn't like it now, Bob. You usually, <laughs> oh, that's a good pick. And it's like, eh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wasted that one, DJ. <laughs> uh, okay. DK, what do you think? <laughs> You're not telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm debating between a couple of guys that maybe the casual follower wouldn't know, but obviously you would know, and that is between Berger and Cantlay. And I think in honor of DJ, I'm going to go Berger. You know what? That's a really good pick. As, as compared to Adam Scott. But. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> the delivery was great. Finally, you admit it. It was obvious from the start. You just, you're such a nice guy. You can't bring yourself to, no, to say No, no. Adam Scott's a great player. Um, he's a really nice guy. I, you know, he's still putting broom style um, with the long putter. Uh, yeah, I, you know. Uh, okay. Um, but. But Daniel Berger has played extremely well since the COVID break, and um, he won earlier uh, the first tournament back at Colonial, um, and a, a good, really good, really good player. So I think uh, he was he was one I was kind of toying between two. Uh, my last two is, is picks, so so you got him. So you picked Daniel Berger. Awesome. My third pick is going to be. Webb Simpson. Um, Webb Simpson won the U.S. Open at, at uh, Olympic Club, where my dad also won a U.S. Open. And here, it, here he is. Um, here we are back at um, Wingfoot, where my dad always also won a U.S. Open. Um, and so I, I think Webb Simpson uh, has played some phenomenal golf this year. 
He's won a couple times, um, and uh, I think this is going to be a good one for him. Trying to think DJ. now. Oh, I feel a lot of pressure now, though. You, you stole a pick from me. You hated a pick by me. I just don't even want to say anything right now. My self-confidence I'm is sorry, such DJ. a low level. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> you want to get that? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll call back. You got a bigger name on another line, Bob? Nope. All right. Uh... I feel like I shouldn't do this, but I'm drawn to it anyway. All right, Colin Morikawa. There you go. Yeah, you hated that one too, didn't you? Hated that one too. I really like that one. This is a good golf course for him. And he's not intimidated by playing in major championships. We saw that at the PGA when he won. So, um, yeah, I think this is, uh, you know, he's got confidence that he can play well, um, especially in major championships and against the best players in the world. So I think that's a really good pick, too. Mm -hmm. I'm calling BS on that take, but thanks anyway, Bob. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. (laughs) I want to be hated. I mean, I enjoy being hated, so I'm tempted to go with DeChambeau since Bob already just poo-pooed him and said he's in for a long week. Uh, Said that earlier. Uh, But I think that uh, maybe, maybe I'll go with another bomber. This, this, okay. what's this? How do you pronounce this kid's name? Tony uh, Finau. Finau, there it I thought, is. I I thought that was all. That was a given for all of us with Tony. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, so we, all right, we always kept right. that as the like the ninth the, the pick for all three of you. We want Tony okay, to win. Yeah. okay, okay, okay. All right. Uh, so you're right. So I'll I'll I'll. You wanted Cantley earlier. You're going to go with him. You mentioned him in your second round. Yeah, that's pick. a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I thought that player. was an automatic. I honestly thought, well, you're just going to take Cantley. No, I was looking for a, a bomber, and I was thinking between DeChambeau and and Tony. But you're right. We did decide that Tony would be our our, our group sort pick, of uh, yeah. universal pick since yep. we're always going to root for the local dude to to break through. And what a way it would be to break through. So yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Cantley would be the other one. Yeah, good one. Yeah, Cantley. Cantley's a good pick as well. Um, you know, he hasn't played crazy good since since coming back, but um, but he's he's the kind of guy that kind of plods along and and puts extremely well. So yeah, he'll be a good he'll be a really good pick. So if I were second guessing these picks right now. The two I would second guess, well, obviously I should second guess Adam Scott because you said it was a, the pick sucked. But <laughs> for the picks that don't suck that I would second guess, PK taking DJ, uh, Dustin Johnson, and me taking Morikawa, for guys who've won a lot, it's, it, it, golf is just so, you know, in other sports you can dominate and you can win all the time, but in golf, it's like you can only win a certain number of times, right? If you win five times in a year, you've had an enormous year, even if you're playing 15 or 20 tournaments. So sometimes picking a guy who just won a major or a guy who's won a couple times leading up to the major, it's almost like they can't win because I already won this stuff and nobody wins that much. Do you think Morikawa winning another major, DJ, who's obviously been on fire, can do it again? Or are the odds just stacked against him because of the nature of golf? Well, I think um, when you look at it, you know, Morikawa, like you said, he won the PGA Championship. He's won three times on tour now. Um, as far as far as him winning again, I think it, it might be a little bit too soon, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past him. 
um, because he is such an accomplished player and what he's been able to do so quick in his career. Only, you know, he's what played probably less than 30 events and he's won three times. Um, and that's animate with a major. So that's phenomenal play. As far as DJ is concerned, DJ loves playing in the U.S. U.S. Open. He's he's his only major win championship was uh, win was at um, was a U.S. Open championship, and um, and he plays well in U.S. Open championships. So um, you know, coming off of uh, winning um, what three times and since the COVID break, um, especially playing extremely well in the last two to three weeks. Um, yeah, it could be um, a little bit um, coming off of, uh, you know, the let, let down, getting player of the year, um, that kind of thing. It could be a little bit of a letdown, but, but DJ's focus this week, he, he's a good pick. Um, I, I just chose not to pick him, um, but he's a really good pick, and um, and I expect him to play well because he's the number one player in the world right now. Bob, as always, we appreciate most of what you uh, do, except, you know, when you poo-poo my picks. <laughs> well, I didn't say Adam Scott wasn't a good player. Well, there's that. Silver lining. There's that. Yes, silver lining. All right. Well, we'll talk to you and uh, Brian throughout the week. Thanks for joining us. Okay. All right, guys.